When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothbang back in the chair. And Manchester City lose a domestic cup game for the first time in two and a half years. And it's headline news around the world. How times change. So it's just a small matter of the Champions League to worry about now. And just to discuss that and much more, I've got three guests. One of whom is a, one of whom is a regular visitor to Abu Dhabi. One only dreams of going to Abu Dhabi. And the final one has never even heard of Abu Dhabi. So welcome to my three guests, to Roger Reed, to Spencer Debson, and to David Blakeney. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Uh, welcome one and all. David, I suppose your wings have been a bit clipped recently, and I suppose international jet setter that you are, travelling to the Formula One and Abu Dhabi every other week, It's uh, you've, you've been oh. a bit more close to home, have you, I suppose, the last few weeks, have you, David? Yeah, well, I'm still, I'm still booked in for November, though, so um, hopefully... What's, no, what's November? That's the actual Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, actually. So, so you're actually going? You're going? Well, please, you know, as long as um, the last to go and they can have people there, yes, I, I'm, I'm hoping to go. So, um, fingers crossed. Yeah, top up the tan and all that. It'll be a nice trip, I'm sure. <coughs> I, I know that... to... Go on. just going to say, it's the home of Man City's only, so great to be there. Well, indeed. It's why I mention it, to be honest. It's the Man City show, and they are the owners, so very good. I Roger. know. Yeah, I'm, no, sorry. I'm just saying it's <laughs> great well to <laughs> Roger, I know you've probably been to the shops. That's about as far as you've got, I think, isn't it, since lockdown? That's about as far as you've got, I think. Yeah, the shops. Yeah, yeah. And back again. Yeah, that's quite a big journey <laughs> these days. It is for you. Spencer, let's bring some normality to this. Arsenal. Uh, let's oh. kick off with that. So what, what went wrong? What went wrong? Or, or, or oh. shall I say, what, what, what did Arsenal do right? What did Arteta get but well, right? Well, well, I mean the uh, the enigma that is David Luiz played a blinder, didn't he? Let's be honest. Uh, uh, we caught him on one of his good days, uh, where we were hoping for uh, for his normal level of play. Really, he was, you know, there was scrambling all over the place, clearing things off the line. Uh, but in the middle of all of that, I think it just sort of showed our, our inability to be clinical. I mean, we had uh, 71% of possession. You know, we do dominate in the in the uh, middle and, and offensive end of the pitch. And 
not for the first time this season, we just couldn't get through. Um, so I do think it, I do think Arsenal's defensive performance was excellent. Uh, we lacked sort of craft and the guile to open them up. Um, we, we missed Sergio, I think, on the day as well. Uh, and they had two great finishes from Aubameyang. I don't know how else to put it, really. Uh, and Rog, how much credit would you give Arteta? Clearly, he's got a bit of inside knowledge. He was kind of one of the architects of our success, of course, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, how much credit do you give Arteta? Well, yeah, I, th- I think he got his tactics right, didn't he? He's obviously got that inside track on uh, how City play and how to defend against them. Um, but I think, you know, you've got to add in the number of com- a combination of a number of factors. The first half, we were very poor. Um, I, I don't think we got into our stride very much at all. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, you normally expect him to unlock defences, you know, at will. I think because of the way Arsenal defended so solidly, um, you know, with nine, ten players very often in their own penalty area at times, it just meant that there were so few opportunities to get through. Uh, it made it very, very difficult for us. We missed our chances. Um, we did get enough chances to, to win the game. And we conceded two sloppy goals through defensive mistakes, which seems to be the story for the season, really. We, we've just gifted goals to the opponents time and time again. And, you know, when you lose a goal, you even, you know, you, you look at the stars of the season when we lost those goals against Norwich. All three goals that they scored were defensive errors. We scored two if we defended it properly, we'd have won the game easily, and no one would have said anything. You know, but we keep gifting these goals, and it's uh, we've got to tighten up the defence somehow. Uh, we've had a question in David from our good friend Ray from City Fan TV, who who asked a very direct question: Did City take it too easy against Arsenal? Oh, um, I I do get the feeling they were not as committed as Arsenal were. Uh, and I, I, I don't know the way they play something is sometimes looks a little bit like Laxy Daisy, if you know what I mean. It's a, when you see what Arsenal did and the effort they put in, sometimes we just don't look like we're, we're 100% focused like we need to be. Sometimes I, I don't, it's a bit like the days when they say Sonny doesn't look like he's interested, but he might be, just doesn't show it. And I don't know we just. Something about us at the moment when we do when we go a goal behind, we seem to be quite slow in getting back up there again. We don't seem to be like really a hundred percent on it. So I don't know, maybe we've just not committed enough on it mentally. But but it was a bit like kind of our I think Roger made the point, our whole season coming together in that one game. Uh we, yeah. we know that, that the, there have been occasions where we've missed uh, we've had sure we've scored loads of goals, but also we've missed a lot of goals as well. Massive possession, um, and and yet defensively those frailties showed up again. So it was kind of almost our our whole season came together in one game. Yeah, I, I think it's to a point. I mean, he is a good striker, uh, you know, and you know he's a good goal. He is one of the best, I think, in Europe as a goal striker. Anyway, and we just about, don't about me, have yeah. a striker. Obama, yeah, we don't seem to have a. You know, Jesus is not as clear-cut as that. We haven't got Aguero. But every time now we go 1-0, a goal behind, we find it difficult to get back. And the other thing we do, we seem to want to walk it in again, don't we? 
We do. just want to walk that ball in sometimes. It just doesn't happen, does it? Because they've got too many men back. Spencer, so many City players had off days as well, didn't they? It was one of those days where it wasn't just one or two. There were kind of half a dozen who you could probably mention. And, and Kevin De Bruyne is the first one that comes to mind. Who I don't think he, he found a City shirt all, all evening. Which is really unusual, obviously, for him. Yeah, it's unusual. I mean, I mean, Pepe, you know, in the comments after the game, uh, was sort of very. He came across very lackadaisical in his comments. Actually, I, I was a bit frustrated by that because, um, you know, we, 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 the midfield wasn't in, as incisive as it should have been. But I do, I do come back again to saying I think that the Arsenal defence had a really an outstanding game, uh, and I do think that. Um, you know, lesser defences would have, would have, would have, would have sort of got through at some point. Uh, I mean, you know, one shot on target the whole game. I mean, how many games has that ever happened this season? I'll, I'll bet you there's not even one other game where we've we've been less penetrative than, than we were. Um, and so you can say, well, that's lack of craft and lack of guile, lack of commitment. I actually don't really buy into the lack of commitment thing. I think, you know, I'll focus on the FA Cup. I mean, blimey, in the Champions League, that's... That's the reason why we came back out of lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> we're not, you know, we know we're going to come second in the league, so it would be it would be really uh, problematic to think we lack commitment. Um, I just think it was one of those games, you know. Uh, we become so accustomed to winning, you know, almost every cup game in, uh, you know, both the Carabao and the FA Cup. I think this is probably our first defeat in 22 FA Cup games. I think so. We've sort of somewhat taken it for granted, and just today wasn't to be. And on balance, I think Arsenal deserve the victory, sad to say. That's the way I, I, I would view it. One of those days, Rog, or is there more to it than that, do you think? Do, do you read a bit more into it than that? Yeah, I, I think it was Steve Penk who uh, who said on Saturday night that the better team won. I, I disagreed with him. I thought uh, that the uh, we were the better team by far. But they defended much better than we did. They, they, they Defensively, they were so strong. I think in commentary, someone actually described it as a red and white brick wall. Uh, and we were struggling to get through. That said, we created several chances and could easily have nicked a, a goal here or there. There was the VAR decision on Raheem as well, which uh, I find very frustrating, particularly in a season when our friends across the road in Stretford have had 19, 19 penalties uh, absolutely absurd not to mention the goals that have been disallowed against them for VAR don't tell me that there's no uh, no sort of corruption going on in, in the VAR decisions it, because it, it just it's awful how can anyone get 19 penalties even Franny Lee didn't get 19 penalties in 72 <laughs> for goodness sake come on I think he got 12 or 13 come on <laughs> I, it, it, so, no, seriously, I think uh, Arsenal defended better than us. We didn't defend the breakaways. Uh, I'm not sure that tactically we were right for defending the breakaways because we know about Obama, uh, Obama Yang. Uh, we know how quick he is. Maybe we should have had our quickest player actually man-marking him when we were attacking. I don't know. Would that have cut across our tactics? I don't know. Genuinely don't know. But I've got every faith in, in Pep to get things right. But it's interesting, when you saw that team sheet, uh, it was pretty much full strength. I suppose you could argue, um, why not Fernandinho in, instead of Gundogan? But, but apart from that, it was pretty much a full strength side, wasn't it, I would have thought, David? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, you could argue maybe Fernandinho should have played at the back, but it may be not quick enough and then, you know, against them. Um, 
so yeah, I, I mean, that's the whole point. We had a very strong team, and when we played with that team, we win. But you know, we say, oh, everyone's on off day, but how many of these days have we had? We've had about 10 of them so far this season, yeah, yep. and they've all been pretty similar games. Southampton game is the same, Chelsea we threw away, but we didn't score a goal. I mean, I mean, the fact is, if we can't even score against Arsenal, who are meant to renowned to have a poor defence, yeah, why they suddenly got a good defence overnight and we haven't, it's, there's something something wrong with maybe the coaching of how sometimes we've just got to be better at the back. You know, well, we have well, Laporte. Well, we all said, we don't have Laporte, so we're no good without him. Well, we weren't that good with him, were we? Let, let, let me just try and focus on, on the, the strike force then. Uh, yeah. we, we had all we had all that possession, Spencer. I'm, I'm interested in in hearing from you in terms of what you think is going wrong up top because it's he's a real uh, difficult one to sum up, Jesus. Because a lot of people get very frustrated. He gets offside a lot. He misses a lot of chances, but also his goal scoring ratio isn't bad either. What what what's your view of uh, of Jesus then? Where, how well, do you rate it? Yeah. It's well known that I'm, I have been a fan of Jesus, and I remain a fan of Jesus. But I think two things happen. One is that his, um, the contrast with Sergio Aguero, which is um, unavoidable, but you're uh, comparing two really quite different players and probably you know one of the top three or four finest Premier League players has ever been, if not the, the number one. Um, and uh, the second thing is, is that his shot conversion ratio is um, is substandard. I would say he's now 22. Is he not? I can't. 22, 23. He's not. He's not 19, 20, 21 anymore. Is he? Um, his, you know, his shot conversion ratio is not good enough, uh, and that's what frustrates us, uh, a lot of City fans, uh, I think. Um, but he gets in those positions, and I think that Pep's, you know. Uh, called him, complimented him on, on, on a number of occasions to say, look, he's, you know, if he doesn't put a, 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 the chance away, he'll be there for the next time and the next time and the next time. And actually, if you look at his stats, uh, they are more than respectable um, with, alongside any, uh, any but the very top, prem, uh, top four Premier League strikers. You know, he really has, does have a fine record. But shot conversion uh, is low, and therefore I think that's the sort of slightly enigmatic side about him. You know, maybe he could be a little bit like Raheem Sterling when all of a sudden it sort of clicked and he went, you know, his, his goal tally went up. And I think Jesus, I do think, could click in the same way and his already uh, good uh, scoring ratio could really go through the roof. I, I still believe that. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. 
Rog, where do you stand on the Jesus argument? Is he someone you see has potential, or do you think he's potentially one of those casualties at the end of the season? No, I, I think he's got super potential. I think he's, don't forget, he's the, stri- the main striker for Brazil, for goodness sake. Blimey, he, for us to have him on our books is, is incredible. And I think the best is still to come of him. He's not been able to, to break through, obviously, ahead of Sergio for obvious reasons. But he's got such potential to, to, to get through once he gets a regular run. I don't think we should judge players on Saturday. I really don't. I think it's all well and good saying that Arsenal have got a very poor defensive record for the season. But on Saturday, they changed their tactics and they defended superbly. You cannot argue with the way they defended. They had uh, five across the back when City were in possession in their third. And they had three in front working really, really hard to close down. So they, they had nine players minimum in the last third, and most of them in and around the penalty area. So for for Gabriel Jesus to get chances on Saturday, they were always going to be very few and far between. I think we we need to be careful here not to criticise City too much because scoring goals is not our problem. We can score goals, we can create chances. My worry is we do miss a lot of chances, and particularly in away games. Or when we're away from the Etihad, we seem to snatch at chances a little bit and maybe not be as composed as we might be if we're at the Etihad. That aside, we are creating chances and we've still scored more goals than anyone else this season. So that isn't the problem. The problem is conceding those goals. Silly mistakes. I mean, if you look at our last uh, five away games, we've lost four of them. One of them admittedly before, uh, sorry, two of them admittedly before the lockdown. But in those four games that we've lost, we only scored one goal. And the goals we conceded were almost all from errors. Do you remember the Southampton only goal of the game? Mm. You know, again, it was a Zinchenko error. Um, The errors that we've made, you can go through them. Stones against Villa in the League Cup final, Otamendi at Norwich, Mendy at Chelsea, Edison against United. You know, you could actually do a long list of individual errors that have cost us goals. That's where we've got to tighten up if we're going to be serious title contenders next year. All right. With that in mind, then, if that's the case, and I don't know if we disagree with you, how many of the starting 11 should start next season? Then Let's start thinking ahead. Not a huge number of games. So we know there's only two league games. There's no more FA Cup games for us. We've obviously got the Champions League that we'll come on to. Two more league games. Now is the time to start looking forward. How many of that starting eleven should start next season? Or it might be easier to say, which ones do you think probably are ready for the exit door? And I hate to be critical of City players, but we know we have money available. We know there are areas we need to strengthen. Just let's try and come up with a, a, a bit of a list of the players that might be available come the summer. Um, uh, David, do you, want to, do you want to start on this one? Who are the, who are the ones for the, for the exit door, do you reckon? I was thought. I mean, the only thing I've, I can I just make one very quick comment on 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 what has been just said. Because we keep saying about defence, but at the end of the day, if you keep getting twenty chances of the game like against Southampton and all these other games and against Arsenal, and we can't score. Yeah, it's down to having a clinical finisher. So one of the people I would we need is we need a new striker who might be a natural clinical striker, and we, when we've got. Someone like Aguero out, we, I think we need a clinical striker. And it doesn't, and Jesus is great, but we create that many chances now, we should, we, we should be doing better. So I, I wonder whether we now need 
a new striker. And I think we need, obviously, another centre-half. And I think we need another left-back. Um, you, you, I, I don't disagree with that. You, you're answering a slightly different question, I suppose. I'm, I'm asking who's for the exit door. Um, um, and, and so, so I understand I striker. And I, are you saying just just to carry on with what you said, striker, and that means keeping Jesus and going into the next yeah, season with three, three recognised yeah. strikers? Yeah. Yeah, I think we need okay. another striker. I think I'm happy with what we've got midfield and what backup we've got. Um, I think Foden will take over from Silver, and and we just need Bernardo to come back to his, his best. So um, I don't really think we need. To start spending money, we need to focus on the left back. I think Sinchenko's not up to it, and Mendy's obviously is, is going to be an issue. But I think I would keep Mendy, but I'd get another left back in, and I'd get a centre back in as well. Uh, and obviously, I think Stones, in my opinion, should go. He's never going to have full faith. Stones is never going to convince anyone. He's had about five, four years to convince, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So I've so, so, so let's let's go with you. You started the, the ball rolling with, with stones to go. Spencer, do you want to add to that list? Would you agree with stones? Do you, want, do you want to add some more names? Yeah, I do actually. Um, I'm a lot. Our first two I wrote actually were stones and Otamendi. I mean, um, uh, you know, Otamendi's been in a, a curiously good servant to City, really, hasn't he? But he's, I think, come to the end of his sort of tenure. Stones clearly hasn't got the faith of uh, Guardiola, and uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I don't think he's going to become um, first choice. Well, he was first choice. Now he's not. I think he needs to sort of go. We need to freshen it up. Um, I actually am a fan of keeping Mendy over Zinchenko and perhaps a reinforcement for him. Um, And um, new striker, uh, it depends on your view about whether Sergio's got another top flight season in him. My view is yes, and therefore my view would be that we don't need to overload ourselves with strikers. We would only buy, want to buy a, a top-class, world-class striker, uh, not many around, and then I think it would cause a friction. And, and with Guardiola's style, sometimes he doesn't play with any strikers, so I wouldn't be in, in my sort of uh, uh, thoughts. But, all right, um, if I, if I, yeah, so, 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 all right, so Roger, overdue to kind of tidy this list up. So I think if I understand my notes correctly, we've got Stones, Otamendi. Um, that's two two of the centre backs going, Sinchenko going, but Mendy staying. Uh, and the shopping list has got definitely a centre back and a left back, and maybe a striker. How do you how do you want to sort of challenge or complete that list for us, Rog? Well, before looking at names in the frames, as it were, um, I think we've got to accept. We're obviously, we've lost Leroy Sane, so a left sided striker, left sided striking potential. Call him what you like. We obviously need to replace him. Uh, David Silver, I think, is almost irreplaceable. Um, but if we assume that he is going to retire or, or, or go and play in Qatar or whatever it is, then he, he's going to take some hell of a replacement. I think we, the good news is that we've got youngsters coming through who really have potential. So we've got Garcia, who's obviously broken through this season. Tommy Doyle, who, who's had a couple of games this season. Uh, I think the way... Uh, Pep is is nurturing these youngsters. By the way, is is key and significant because he's worked so well for Phil Foden. Uh, and the other one coming through, of course, is Taylor Harwood Bellis. Now, uh, as a centre back, um, I can remember in the in the late sixties. You can remember, Nigel, that when Tommy Booth came through, he came through from the reserves like a bullet, and suddenly he was the first team choice 
ahead of George Heslop at centre-half at the age of 18. And you thought, wow, I'll tell you what, he's not a bad player, is he? You know, um, and Taylor Harwood-Bellis could well come in for a few games next season. So, you know, I, I don't think we're, we're absolutely desperate. We, we obviously have two key players that we need to replace. There are two or three players who are in the 30s, Fernandinho being one, uh, Sergio has already been mentioned, Otamendi is another. So we, we need to think, you know, how, how much longer are they going to keep going for? Sergio, as has been mentioned, I think is, is probably going to play another season. But he's going to have the odd injury here and there as well, like he has done this season. So we, we, we need to think carefully about that. Um, personally, I know there's been criticisms. I know there's been criticisms of defenders who've made mistakes, but I will not attack them. I'm sorry, I won't attack them because I think Pep has that reputation for making players better. And I think they can continue to get better under Pep. Um, that's my hope. I think can, can Mendy I just, has I just, got so much potential. Sorry, yeah, go on. I was going to say, I just want to challenge something that you said a bit earlier, Roger, if I may. Uh, and that is mm-hmm. that if we, are, if we are seriously going to win the Champions League and, and, and get back to being the, the domestic force we were last season or the season before, do you really think mm-hmm. that the list of Foden, Garcia, Doyle and Taylor Harwood-Bellis are on the, sort of the, the lips of the board um, and those at the top of the club and Pep? Surely... If we're going to win, the, and it's great to see them coming through, and emotionally, I get it. You know, local lads coming through the academy, breaking into the first teams, always is positive stuff. But surely mm. they'll be looking around the world for world-class centre back, surely, and, and and world-class midfielders. We're not, we're not going to go forward, surely, with Garcia, Doyle, and Taylor Harwood Bellis, surely. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. What, what a, don't misunderstand what I'm saying about the youngsters. I think they will need to be carefully nurtured in the same way that Phil Foden has been nurtured. So they, they're not going to play 38 games in the Premier League next season. No, I, and forgive me if, I, if that's the impression you got from what I was saying. But we do, we do need a solid centre-back to go alongside Laporte. Um, Koulibaly fits the bill, but obviously they're talking telephone numbers at the moment, Napoli, which, you know, City, I think, need to stick to their transfer policy, not get swayed. Uh, and if he goes somewhere else for 80 million, then so be it. We have to look elsewhere. Uh, but we need someone to go alongside Laporte. I think Laporte is excellent, but we've missed him this season when he's been out with that serious injury. Um, and he's our only left-sided option, you know. Yeah. So maybe we need actual cover for, for him at left-sided centre-back as well. I don't know. All right. Before we move on, something positive or maybe negative about the uh, semi-final. Uh, David, your thoughts on the new kit, please, which had its first run out. There's a, been lots of speculation on social media and uh, the old mosaic design reminiscent from the mosaic on the front of uh, Main Road, of course. Your, your thoughts on the kit? You're a fan? It was okay. It was a bit busy, but um, it's blue and white, so it's okay. I mean, we'll get used to it. <laughs> Spencer, you've ordered your jerseys nice on the back. Night. Say again, <laughs> Spencer. I say you've you've ordered yours with Jesus on the back. Have you? I hope <laughs> it wouldn't go down well in my part of the world if I was walking the streets with one of those Nigels. <laughs> You know, I just always think this is all merchandising, isn't it? And they've done the sums and how many they're going to sell and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's all right. It's okay. As as David said, it's the right colour. 
we, we've had good chats over the years, Rog. I know we've got our favourites. What's your What's your spin on the on the new kit? Are you a lover or a hater? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a nod to the past. It's a nod to Main Road. I love it. I think the fact that uh, the people have said, yeah, let's nod, nod towards Main Road with the mosaic, um, that is fantastic. And the mosaics that we've seen at Main Road uh, and, and obviously the Joe Mercer one on Joe Mercer Way, they, they are fantastic. They really are. Credit to the guy that does the mosaic design. Um, but I love it. I, think, I love it. I, I, sky blue and white are, are my favourite colours and always will be. Um, and so sky blue, you know, mosaic with a white infill, Smashing! I love it. Brilliant. All right. Let's let's look forward very quickly. Is is there a lot of point talking in any great detail about Watford away or Norwich at home? Our last two league games. Is this just a case of trying to get some match practice, get people wound up, or or, or what? What are your what are your, your views, Spencer, on uh, on these two games coming? Well, totally irrelevant, or what? What will Pep use them for? Well, they are irrelevant, aren't they? But, you know, it's all about uh, sort of momentum, isn't it? I mean, all our eyes are on the Champions League. Um, I think it's about a little bit of rotation, people not getting injuries. Uh, obviously, Watford, it's sort of do or die for them, isn't it? So you could imagine, I don't know, some tackles might be flying in. They're, a, you know, they're a sort of quite a physical team, aren't they? So I think a little bit of uh, caution with an eye on the... Champions League, but ultimately doesn't particularly matter other than for you know momentum and confidence. David, well, it's how do you fit mentality into the Champions League now? If you take the eye, you know, if you start not taking the next two games, with we need a pattern, don't we? We need a flow and we need some consistency because you know once you take your foot off the gas, bit like Liverpool has, how do you then quickly pick it back up again? So I find that very interesting to see how he's going to play these next two games. Yeah, because what's he going to do? Just put them, wrap them up in cotton wool, and, and and suddenly turn up for the Real Madrid game without not having a game to proper game together for a while. That's going to be interesting. So I don't know. It's going to be uh, see how he, he tackles that. Rog, when you when you look at the season uh, and we've won the League Cup, we we got to the FA Cup semi final. We'll we'll be now with with. Premier League runners-up, and you think back of some of the dark days previously where we won nothing for, for, for decades. Mm. How how important is the Champions League now? Is this now that we've kind of not won it? Uh, it's the monkey on our back. How important is it to win it this season? Well, it's hugely important, of course, because it's the only thing left for us to win other than the League Cup and Community Shield, if you want to include that. So it, it is hugely important. And these two games are quite important because what, one of the things that I've got a bit of a be in my bonnet about is motivation. Motivation is the name of the game. And I'm, I'm really worried that at some point about halfway through the season, some of our players were looking at Liverpool romping away, winning every game. And I'm not convinced that they were as motivated, particularly in the away games. Let me give you a quick comparison when you look at City in 1974-75, they won nearly every single home game at Main Road. But they lost nearly every single away game. And it was impossible to put your finger on what was going wrong because at Main Road, we were simply uh, brilliant. You know, it was in the days of Dennis Tewer and Asa Hartford and Rodney Marsh. And, and it, they were fabulous at Main Road, and everybody was up for every game, and, and we won every game virtually at Main Road. But away from home, it was like they weren't quite as committed. 
And so we lost games. Now, this season, we've had a little bit of that because we're winning games at the Etihad very easily. The last five games, according to my notes at least, um, we've scored, I think, 19 goals and conceded one. Okay. Now, in, in the last four away games, if you take Brighton out of the equation, we've lost number four, scored one goal and conceded seven. So there's something about our motivation at away games that I think we need to learn from. These two games are fantastic opportunities for us to try and get revved up, ready for for, for Real Madrid and and then what might come after that. But let's not kid ourselves. This this is a cup competition. And you've always said, Nigel, the problem with cup competitions is that you need the look. I would argue that we didn't get much look on Saturday, in actual fact. So irrespective of the fact that Arsenal defended very well and scored two breakaway goals and, you know, yeah, OK, they won the game, we were the better team and we should have won the game. We need to be motivated to win games. And, and that's, you know, whether we're away from home or, or at home, let, let's do the business. And, and David, with, with, the, with the frailties that we've talked about, the, the loads of possession, the defensive errors and not always converting the chances, what... What are our realistic chances? So we've still got to get through Real Madrid first, of course. That's that, that the first yeah. hurdle to get over. Do, do we really have a realistic chance this year with all those issues? No Aguero, all the things I've just mentioned. Do you really think we've got a chance of winning it this year? Um, I think we've got a realistic chance. I think it's going to be very hard. I think we can get through the Real Madrid game, get confidence from that game. It might get us focused back again. Um, you know, and if we can start playing like we did in the away game, uh, you know, and then you, yeah, we, we've got a chance, but we need to be able to concentrate for 90 minutes, and 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 that's where we haven't done so. Uh, so we've got a chance, but I think it's it's 50. It's going to be a difficult, uh, very difficult. And, and before we wrap up, Spencer, your, your, your thoughts on, on the Champions League and City's chances this year? Yeah, you know, I think we've got as good a chance as anyone. I do think the Madrid game is going to be difficult. I know we're going with the advantage. Madrid have got momentum, haven't they? They've, at the end of the day, they've romped away with La Liga through you know, post-lockdown. I think they'll be really hard to overcome. But I think if we can get past them... Um, remember, everything gets very compressed, doesn't it? The 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 last stages are then um, 12th to 17th August, I think something like that. In in a or yeah, in, you know, in a very few a few games, um, knockout style. So I, I think if we can get past Madrid, I think we've got as good a chance uh, as anybody to to, to do it. Um, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. All right, before we go, I'm just keen to just throw one other thing on the table, unless any of you have got any other points you want to raise. Uh, and that's Player of the Year. Uh, and just to remind you all, of course, you were all quite rightly saying that surely, you know, Premier League champions, the winner last year, should have come from the Premier League champions. Um, so I'm assuming you'll all be voting for Jordan Henderson, uh, I guess, this year. Would that be fair to say that they've romped away with the league? He's led them brilliantly. So Jordan Henderson gets gets your vote, Rog, does he for Player of the Year? Listen, Jordan Henderson is a great leader of men and he was uh, a perfect player for Liverpool to have in their midfield. As a footballer, I'm sorry, I've played with decent footballers who are as good as him in the Sunday League. Honestly, he's not that good. If you watch his distribution, it's not that brilliant. 
leader of men, great, yeah, fine, but he's not a player of the year. He will win all the awards, the Football Writers Awards, he'll, he'll win them all because Liverpool and Manchester United players always win the Player of the Year awards. End of debate. Uh, well, it's not quite because we've got Spencer and David to hear from next. Uh, but, but, so, Spencer, your your thoughts. Rogers, I, I think, if I'm picking up right, is not a fan of Jordan Henderson as a footballer. I might have got that wrong, but I think he's coming from that particular position on this occasion. What do you think? Yeah, I just got I got that faint impression, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do think, yeah, it will be either him or, I mean, Van Dijk has been a colossus as well, hasn't he? Um, so I, 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 you couldn't really object to either of those, to be honest. It's Liverpool season, and please God, next week, next, next time it'll be ours. It'll be ours for next year. David, where's KDB in all of this, for goodness' sake? Speak, oh, well, speak well, let me just, yeah. Okay, let me just get on. Kate, for me, at the end of the day, uh, I think every club in the world would want to have KDB in the side. Yeah, that's yeah. a measure of how good he is. I don't think everyone would have Henderson on their side. So, and without doubt, the Bruins has been, in my opinion, the individual best player out there. But suddenly, one minute they say it's the best player, and next minute they go, the person who's made the greatest impact for whatever reason. So, we won the league four times, but we never seem to have a player who wins player of the year, whatever, do we? And, and it shouldn't be about because they won the league. He's the best player. So, can, I, can I make one more point? Please, please, Roger. Absolutely. Always. It's Roger. Yeah, just to say one, one quick point, and that is going back to 1969, there was a bit of romance in the Football Writers Player of the Year. <laughs> they actually gave it to Dave Mackay and Tony Book because they were both coming to their end of their careers. They'd had fantastic seasons. Do you know, for me, if there's any romance left amongst these football writers, for goodness sake, give it David Silva. Good shout, Reedy. Good shout. So we'll just do all sentimental sentimental reasons now. We'll do it, shall we, yeah? Romantic reasons. (laughs) 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 What else are you going to say? So, Blake, have you got something else you want to say on the show before we go? Yeah, I do want to say something, right? Kevin Keegan, over the years, is a bit of a, a star, yeah, to say the least. European Football of the Year, and everything he's done in the game, and he is, we all recognise him for what he is. As a player, unbelievable, yeah? As a legend. Mm-hmm. Six months ago, someone you know, Nigel, played golf with him, a guy called Martin Spencer. Played golf with him. And he said, in six months' time, Kevin, my dad's 90th. Will you come and just say hello to him? Yeah, for 10 minutes and just say hello. Kevin says, yes, I will. Yesterday, Keegan went with Martin to the home that his father's in, obviously socially distanced with the window open, and he turns up to see Martin's father to wish him a happy 90th birthday. Now, I just find that quite staggering. Someone of that stature is prepared to go to someone's home Old people, you know, an old person's home, and say happy birthday to someone like that. Just, you know, and I think that shows how good Kevin Keegan is as a person. That's wonderful. So, that really I just is wonderful. Cut that one out. It's quite amazing. Thank, Thank you for sharing that, Blake. Yeah, the romance is back. 
Yeah, we're giving it to David yeah. Silva. Aguero will win it next year. Doesn't matter how many injuries he's had or how many goals, but just for old times' sake, for romantic reasons, we're going to yeah. change the PFA and the Player of the Year. It's just all going to change from here. Gentlemen, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much to my three guests, to Roger Reed, to Spencer Debson, and to David Blakeney. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.